Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church. Come to our scripture reading now, and we're going to read from the book of Acts, chapter 8, and beginning to read at verse 26. And it's entitled Philip and the Ethiopian, a passage that I expect lots of us know well. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Candake, which means Queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, Go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. And this is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about? Himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. The eunuch answered, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That little verse isn't put in the main version, but as a footnote. And he gave orders to stop the chariot, and then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. May God bless the reading of his word. We began our service today with Psalm 105, which declares God's greatness and says, let the whole world know what he has done and tell everyone about his wonderful deeds. I read an article recently which asked, what is the church for? Is it for evangelism or discipleship? Well, at the end of Matthew, Mark, and Luke's Gospels, Jesus commands his disciples to go out and preach the gospel to everyone. That's evangelism. While at the end of John's Gospel, Jesus tells Peter to care for the sheep and feed his sheep and lambs, which is discipleship. Paul, in his second letter to the Corinthians, says, And God has given us this task, of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, 
no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. And it seemed to me as I thought about this article that the church has to be for both, for discipleship and for evangelism. It has to be a place where people are taught, built up in the faith, and encouraged to build a deepening and continually growing relationship with Jesus. And as that relationship grows, so in their everyday lives, Jesus is reflected and evangelism becomes natural. It's a spirit-led thing where speaking and demonstrating our faith is what we do and who we are. And I chose this account in, in Acts about Philip as an example. And we know this story, lots of us, very well. The background is that Stephen has been murdered for his faith and the believers, the early believers, including Philip, have been under great persecution and they've scattered from Jerusalem. It's no longer safe for them to be in Jerusalem and they've scattered far and wide. But rather than hiding, they were preaching the gospel and speaking about Jesus. And as they spoke about Jesus, amazing things were happening. Now, Philip, one of these disciples, had gone to Samaria, and he was preaching the good news concerning the kingdom of God and demonstrating this with miraculous signs. And many men and women were baptized as a result of his teaching. But in this reading, we read how Philip had an instruction. Now, in my Bible, in the New Living Translation, it says, an angel of the Lord spoke to him. In the one that we read this morning, in the NIV, it says, the Spirit of the Lord. But he had an instruction to go down from Samaria to the desert road between Jerusalem and Gaza. That's a good trip. It's not something that he would take lightly in those days. But he started out. And on the road, he came across this man, an important, educated Ethiopian official, returning from Jerusalem, where he'd been to worship. And in his carriage, there he was reading from the book of Isaiah, reading aloud. And prompted by the Holy Spirit, Philip took this God-given opportunity to speak. And he started, I love the way that he jumped up into the carriage. Can't have been going very fast. Jumped up into the carriage and he started where this man was, physically and also mentally and spiritually in the book of Isaiah. And he used what this man was reading in Isaiah to tell him about Jesus. So much so that soon the man was asking to be baptized and without fuss or ceremony, rules or regulations, he was baptized. And in both of our Bibles, there's a little footnote with that verse that asks him to declare his belief in Jesus as the Son of God, and as he does that, so he is baptized. 
And then off he goes back to Ethiopia to take the news about Jesus. This is an important Ethiopian official with influence and power. And we know that there is a, a great Christian community in Ethiopia that we believe began with this encounter with Philip. And I just love the simple way that God set up this encounter for Philip. And the way that Philip was obedient to the Spirit's prompting. Well, if an angel appeared to you, I think you would take it seriously in the version that we read this morning. It was the Spirit of the Lord. But something came upon Philip and impressed on him that he had to do this, that he had to go, leave what he was doing so successfully in Samaria and set off on this journey where he met with this man. Love it. He started out not knowing what was going to happen. He didn't know the end of the plan, but God did. And he stepped out in faith and expectancy. He seized the opportunity when it came. He used what the Ethiopian already knew, and he pointed him to Jesus. He filled him in on the essentials, on the gospel, and at the man's request, he baptized him. And that man went back to Ethiopia, a follower of Christ, and spread the influence of the gospel. Now, there's a lot of evangelism happening in Wales this summer. Already, we've had mission to Wales. It took place here in Abergavenny and all over Wales at the end of June, beginning of July. 524 people were prayed with on the streets to receive Jesus. Wow. Now, the lady that I did this with last year, whose name is Janet, she was out praying with people in Monmouth this year, and she told me it was hard. It was harder than last year. It was hard to approach people cold on the streets and ask them questions about their faith. And she wasn't really feeling comfortable in doing it. But as she was about to approach someone in her group of three, she had a tap on her shoulder, and it was someone she hadn't seen for many years. And she stepped aside to chat, and they shared a few things, and she was able to share with this lady what she was doing out on the streets. And just like Philip, she started where this woman was, and she discovered that she'd been carrying a burden of guilt for many years and had become estranged from the church. And Janet was able to assure her that God had forgiven her. And she was able to pray with this lady. And the lady said, do you know, I was meant to bump into you today. She's already had one follow-up meeting and is being gently discipled back into church in a renewed and growing faith. Now, that was a God incidence. God set that up. And then later in the week, in a church coffee morning, while chatting with a couple who'd recently been coming to these coffee mornings, again, she was able to share what she'd been doing in the town. And that led to this couple praying with her, God-given opportunities to talk the gospel one-to-one in a simple way. We can try to stick to a formula. We can have a program but people are in all kinds of places when it comes to faith questions. Some will have no idea what we're talking about. 
Some will have had bad experiences of church in the past. Some will be very anti. Some will think we're mad. Some will have worries and desperate situations to deal with. And there's no one way of presenting the gospel that is right for everyone. But starting where they are, like Philip and the Ethiopian, who was already a man of some faith, gives us a way in. We had an excellent sermon from Richie last week, and he really gave us food for thought because he reminded us that we are all unique and different. We have different upbringings. We have different cultural traditions. We have different experiences. And other people don't necessarily think the way that we do or have done the things that we have done. As we're thinking about evangelism today, some of you might have seen a fellow carrying a large cross passing over the top of Pengenford from Talgarth and then going through Crickowell, Gavilan, Llanfoist and on down towards Cumbran. It wasn't Emir Matthias who visited us a couple of years ago, but it was Clive Cornish and he is another Welsh cross carrier one of the four who went up Snowdon a couple of years ago with the crosses. And he was taking his cross around Wales. It was a horrendous undertaking for him because it was so hot and so dry. Clive is an ex-prisoner. He speaks in prisons and meetings. But he takes the cross out when he feels God is prompting him to do it because it strikes up conversations People honk their horns as they go past and then they pull up a bit further on because they want to know what on earth he's doing. And he tells them about Jesus and the cross. He gets a lot of abuse, but he also has a lot of significant conversations and opportunities to pray with people as the cross draws folk to ask, what is this all about? Emir Matthias and Lindsay Hamer two other cross carriers who came here to Abergavenny, they'll be taking their crosses around Anglesey in September. And then they'll be coming to some of our valley towns to support local churches there. Today, and rain, unfortunately, but good rain, Emir is with the cross at Caffili Castle at the festival in Caffili this weekend, supporting the Caffili churches as they reach out in evangelism. We don't all find it easy to talk to strangers. We don't all find it easy to talk to our nearest and dearest about Jesus. But one of my wow ladies, who is a scientist, she reminded us that in nature, some pollination is done by bees and insects, which is a kind of one-to-one -one personal thing. But others are pollinated by the wind. The pollen is scattered into the air and it falls where it will. And so she has a collection of leaflets and little, little messages which she leaves in significant places, in waiting rooms, um, you know, in people's houses, all over the place, in libraries. She just leaves them, and she leaves them with a prayer that God will use those messages to speak the gospel. And we kind of made up a, a slogan about this. If you can't chatter, then scatter because who knows what God will do with those little messages. Friends of mine who are Gideons have countless stories of people who have been turned around by reading that Gideon Bible 
that is still in most hotel rooms when you go away. Every child in secondary or top junior is given a Gideon New Testament and Psalms in as much as they can get them around. And they get shoved into drawers and under beds, but who knows, one day, at just the right time, God can use that Gideon New Testament or those Gideon Psalms to give a word of comfort and a word of, of peace and love and assurance to somebody. I was reminded that Robert Germain Thomas from Hanover Church, Clanova, just down the road, who was revered as a missionary because he took the gospel to Korea. He didn't get a chance to speak out the gospel. He was killed before he even practically got off the boat. And yet the Bibles that he took, which were used to paper the walls of people's houses, spoke to the people and gave the message of Jesus. And we know what a, a, a church there is in Korea now because of that. And in the news this week, there was a, a teenager from the north of England, some of you may have seen this, and she was commended by the local police because she had left notes of encouragement attached to a bridge, which was a, a local suicide spot. And the police commended her because they knew for sure that several people had been deflected from ending their lives because they had read the beautiful little messages of love and hope that she had pinned and attached to the bridge. What an example to us who have such a brilliant message of hope in Jesus when so many around us are in despair. You know, Mike, some time ago, gave us out these leaflets. Do you remember them? Um, they just give a simple guide to our faith. And he recommended that we read it so that we know what we're talking about and that this was something that we could give to somebody who wanted to know more. And I wonder how many have been passed on to people during a chat and how many are just sitting at home waiting to be used. And if they are still sitting at home, we need to dig them out again and pray once again for an opportunity to be able to use them. Um, I've got some of these little leaflets as well. These are lovely. Um, they're called the Father's Love Letter, and inside it says, My Child. And there are a whole lot of beautiful Bible verses, very uplifting and encouraging verses, and it ends, Love your Dad, Almighty God. And it's just lovely. And it's a very simple way of just passing on that gospel message. You know, who knows? As we, as we reach out in this way, what God can do with them. Because he uses our willingness. Philip had no idea what God was going to do when he started out. But God used him to pass that message. And Christianity got to Ethiopia. Evangelism, telling others about Jesus, is not an optional extra. It's a command. And many of us hear that word and find it daunting. But, you know, as I get older, I'm finding that more and more, faith in Christ is simple. We make it so complicated with our rules and our traditions and our expectations and our assumptions. There's a song that I've rediscovered, a favourite of the late Billy Graham's daughter, Anne Graham Lotz, and it's called, 
just give me Jesus. In the morning, when I rise, just give me Jesus. You can have all this world, just give me Jesus. And maybe Jason will be able to get it on after the service and just have it playing as we go out. And, you know, long ago, Kath wrote a song and recorded it, and it's been going through my head, and it said, keep your eyes on Jesus. And the chorus went, keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't let him out of your sight. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Let him be your guiding light. And so often our eyes get taken off Jesus. And it's actually all about him. He is the author and finisher of our faith. It's Jesus. And as we grow in our faith through worship, through Bible study, through prayer, through fellowship, we grow more like him. And Jesus is not remote and distant. He's here with us in the person of the Holy Spirit. And as we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us, to guide us, so we are given opportunities to say that word, to offer to pray for someone, to show the practical love of Jesus, to be his compassion and his grace for someone else, like Philip with the Ethiopian, like my friend Janet in Monmouth. God goes ahead to prepare the way. God provides everything we need to say that word, to pray that prayer, to bless and support someone. We just need to be willing to step out and go because the Holy Spirit will equip us and enable us. It might just be leaving a leaflet somewhere, but as we do that intentionally and prayerfully, not just chucking it somewhere, God will use it to speak to someone. So discipleship, evangelism, they go hand in hand. Church is where we come to worship, to learn, to grow, to deepen our faith, to be equipped. It's the launch pad, so to speak, so that we can go out and be God's people in our homes, in our streets, in our workplaces, wherever, to be those ambassadors that Paul speaks about. Very few people come into a church off the streets for the first time without being invited or encouraged. We have got to be out there and be the encouragement, the prompting that they need to come. It's a challenge, but it's a command. But the last verse of Mark's gospel is very encouraging. The disciples went everywhere and preached, and the Lord worked through them confirming what they said by many miraculous signs. The Lord worked through them. It's not about us. It's about us being willing to go, starting out like Philip did and allowing him to work through us. Now, as David has prayed already, let's take those opportunities to reach out to others this summer, all those summer camps and things that are going on, we will have opportunities over, this, over the coming weeks and let's take the many opportunities we have to grow in our faith so that we show Jesus and his love in everything we do.
Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you work through us. And as we draw closer to you, Jesus, you equip us and you enable us through the Holy Spirit to show your love and to be your people in the world. May our church be a place where we can learn and grow in our faith and discipleship. Inspire us today to speak that word, to pray that prayer, to leave that message of hope and encouragement so that you can work through us to bring about something miraculous. Will you give us your opportunities, those God incidences that are not coincidences, and will you surprise us and give us stories to tell as we step out in faith? In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about Abergavenny Baptist Church, please visit our website at abergavennybaptist.co.uk.